This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh, take a bow. Samuel Pierce, one of our guys behind the scenes here on The Best Show on your radio, Freddie and Harry. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us in the ESPN app. Sirius X and Channel 80 and RCD Smart Speaker to play ESPN Radio. Sam Pierce, the one that came with that whole thing at the top of the hour where we talked about the Dallas Cowboys and we used Martin. You, you got that started. Talking about the Martin episode, we brought it Jack and Fly Jones. So, Sam Pierce, bow to your neighbor, bow to your partner. Take a bow as far as that goes with that top of the hour, my friend. Yeah, that was dope, Sam. I really appreciate that. And it's and it's funny, man, because when you can hear it back, I think it's more funnier than we we we, we say it the first time, right? Freddie. Because we didn't know it was coming. Also, exactly. we're here at the top of the hour. <laughs> as far as that goes, you can always join the conversation anytime you want at the Doctor Pepper call in line. Be a part of Freddie and Harry Nation at eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Because we talk about where the Cowboys go from here. We'll have that discussion coming up in about twenty five minutes. But what about this guy? The last two weeks, the New England Patriots lost 72-3. to And believe me when I tell you, it has not been that close in those last two games involving the Dallas Cowboys and yesterday versus the New Orleans Saints. Billy B., what's up? I think there's a lot of things we need to do better offensively, and that's everybody's a part of it. Coaches, players, every position. I don't think it's limited to one one position, one one group. Just collectively, we have, to, we have to perform better. Our goals are short-term. It's this week, Vegas. Get ready for Vegas and go out there and play the best we can against Las Vegas. It's not as simple to say, well, you know, Bill Belichick is not the same coach without Tom Brady. Duh. Everybody knows that when you lose a guy like that. But to me, it goes beyond, and I've said this, and I'm going to keep saying it ad nauseum until people finally pay attention. If you are unwilling to adapt in modern football, you're going to get this. Bill Belichick would be very, very well served, Harry Douglas, to take a page from his mentee, Nick Saban. Nick Saban tried to win a certain way, and it was winning that way at Alabama, and then all of a sudden college football ended in the modern times. And it could have been very easy to say, I'm going to have these big linebackers, we're going to run the football, we're going to play tough defense, and let's open it up. Lane Kiffin, what you got? <laughs> Bill O'Brien, what you got? Steve Sarkeesian, what you got? And he moved himself into modern football. If Bill Belichick doesn't pay attention to that lesson or a guy that he knows and loves and respects, then maybe, just maybe, Billy B is not going to be much longer in New England and not just after 2023. Freddie, I'll be honest with you. I gave Bill Belichick a ton of grace, and I think rightfully so because when you have someone who's won six Super Bowls with an organization, I think grace is the first thing you would like to give him. Now, Mm -hmm. when you talk about overall, he won two with the New York Giants as a a defensive coordinator, right, under Bill Parcells, so that's eight total. But here's the thing that really got me. When you witness what you witnessed last week versus the Dallas Cowboys, and then you see what transpired yesterday and them being shut out and the offense just looking terrible and the defense couldn't stop the New Orleans Saints. And we talked about on numerous of occasions the New Orleans Saints struggling themselves offensively. Absolutely. Then that starts to raise eyebrows. And look, and I get it. You have people defensively that are hurt right now. But what I witnessed from an offensive standpoint, the offensive line is not in sync. Those guys aren't in unison. The quarterback has turned the football over, and he's all over the place. You don't, you only rush for 45 yards. When have you heard a New England football yeah. team rushing for 45 yards? Usually if they only rush for 45 yards, that means the pass game is hitting on all cylinders, and that's the way they've beaten their opponent, but that's not the case. The offense is sporadic. It's all over the place. You don't have those dynamic playmakers that we're accustomed, accustomed to seeing. Yeah. And for the first time, time I'm saying to myself well man maybe things have passed Bill Belichick with the New England Patriots 
or at least the general manager side of things for Bill Belichick because I don't think he has you know, put this team in a position to be afloat of what's going on right mm-hmm. now in the National Football League from a skill position standpoint. Yeah, you made that point about in terms of Bill Belichick, the general manager, has failed Bill Belichick, the head coach, and I'm not going to say that you're wrong. If, if anything, I think you're 100% right. But I'll throw this at you because you know this game and you know the ins and outs, the red tape, the politics, egos, the whole shabanga-bang, as they say on Chappelle's show. Yep. Why would somebody like him be that rigid when he always has talked about players have to adapt to their circumstances if we're going to continue to be a successful team? He hasn't said in, those, in, in not so many words, but just that's been the mantra of the Page organization, You know, just like the old Bruce Lee saying, be like water. It seems like now he's like ice when it comes to adapting to what's going on in the modern NFL. I think when when you win so much and you've been able to rob Peter and pay Paul, I'll use that uh, phrase, I think it's in your mind that, you know what, I can continue to do this. Okay. But at the same time, man, you have to look in that mirror and you have to, you know, review your football team. And, and clearly we can all look at the New England Patriots and say they don't have a damn chance. Freddie, I did not give this team a chance before the season started. And, and that's with the respect that I have for Bill Belichick as a head coach. But I, I just didn't see it because when you look at their own division, better yet, when you're talking about the AFC as a conference and then the entire National Football League, when you look at their division alone, yeah. the, the talent level, it, this, it's, it's, it's so drastic. Absolutely. It's a drastic um, uh, gap between the other three teams and them. So on paper, it's no way I thought they were going to win this season. Yeah, I didn't think the word parity would be used with the New England Patriots and that they would not be that kind of team that would be a part of that parity. It all seems to happen in the National Football League. And it's also never good. By the way, he's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. He's always good here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. It's never good that a guy that used to work for you thinks that that team is not going to be long for you. I give you Charlie Weiss, four-time Super Bowl champion as assistant coach of the Patriots. When he was on Sportsman like this morning with Evan Cohen, Michelle Smallman, and Chris Canty, he said, yeah, I could see the page saying, you know what, we're going to make that call. Yes, I think it would be mutual. I don't think it would just be Kraft just canning them, but I could see that happening. Hey, they have Mayo, you know, waiting in the wings to be the head coach. I'm not telling you, giving you any big news flash. I mean, that's, you know, everyone everyone in the league knows that's what's going to end up happening eventually. But if things keep on going the way they're going, I could I could see there, there being, a, being a change. Now, the mayor's talking about is Gerard Mayo, who had a chance to go to another place, be the defensive coordinator, and Bill Belichick in the page said, uh-uh, we want you here. And they paid him a boatload of money to not leave that organization and go somewhere else. But Robert Kraft let it be known in the offseason. He said, I'm not going to stand for another year of not being in the mix, meaning not just a playoff team in the AFC that was going to be loaded, that was going to be a gauntlet, but also competing because you talk about things are used to certain people, used to certain things. Robert Kraft is used to that. He does not want the Pages to go back to where they were in the 80s and sometimes in the 90s where they were an afterthought in the National Football League. So he let it be known, like, you know, the, Hey, wait. He put everybody on notice, including Bill Belichick. They keep going down this rabbit hole where they don't seem to find a way out of that, to find any kind of success, any kind of answer to the problems that are out there inside and outside the organization. I can see Robert Kraft saying, all right, Bill, maybe your time is done here, and maybe we need to move on and, and have a whole different chapter when it comes to this Patriots organization. Well, let me say this. Maybe what Asante Samuel has been saying for a long time is, is there's a lot of truth to it, right? And, and now 
he he may say it in a way that you know a lot of people don't like but maybe some of those things are true because when for you for those who at, don't know what did he say well what he it? he said it wasn't Bel- Belichick it was t- it was Tom Brady and when you're able to have a guy like Tom Brady he makes up for a lot of things that you a lot of your mistakes that you do have on the football field now don't get me wrong i think Bill Belichick played a strong part in that because you still have to scheme and design certain things. But when you have Tom Brady, in which is the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Tom Brady can cover up for a lot of things that you don't have offensive weaponry-wise. When you look at what they did with um, Judah Edelman, mm-hmm. who else am I? Um, Wes Welker. De- Wes Welker, Dami, uh, Amendola. Amendola yep. mm-hmm. All those guys, right? And he, he made it work. And when I look at the National Football League right now, Freddie, Offensively, there are two things that we've learned in 2023 that you must have. You must have a QB, and you must have a dynamic playmaker on the perimeter, whether it's a wide receiver or whether it's a tight end. When you look at Kansas City, it's Patrick Mahomes and it's Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. When you look in Buffalo, it's Josh Allen and it's, and it's uh, Stephon Diggs. When you look at Miami, it's Tua Tungvaloa right now and it's Tyreek Hill. Right. So you got to be able to have that dynamic duo, yeah. and New England doesn't have neither one. Yeah, you look at Jacksonville. They got three young guys like that with yep. Calvin Ridley, Travis Etienne, and Trevor Lawrence all underneath the age of 27. Yep. Where you got that kind of team, you can try to win in 1990s football with what you're doing in the 1990s in New England. That's not going to fly in the 21st century in 2023. It's going to be very interesting. These keeps going down that hill in the wrong way. What could the page have in maybe a new way in 2024? He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together with Freddie and Harry. Don't forget about Major League Baseball. The world Road to the World Series goes right here through ESPN Radio. All the postseason action on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. By the way, after we're done at 530 Eastern time, Braves and Phillies game two. The Phillies leading that series one game to nothing, followed by Diamondbacks and the Dodgers, part of the hot ticket. Brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets, so experience it live. From the top stories in sports, this is a huge story to the bottom. So we reach the bottom of the barrel. This is three up, three down. And we always flip flop that because it just can't be Harry being the three up and that be the doom or gloom three down. So we alternate each and every week, each and every Monday from the best and worst of the NFL and college football weekend on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Devin McCain is on the controls. What we got first? Number one. All right, Harry Douglas, who you got for your three down? No, you go with your you go with your. Oh, up we start first. the good first. Yeah, yep. see, see what happens with the elderly. You got to help the elderly as much as possible. My number one is Brees Hall. I know this is hard to call him Brees Lightning, the New York Jets running back. Not a bad nickname. I'm in favor of it, especially as helping my team. But in the same place, Harry, that he suffered a torn ACL that ended his 2022 season, the Brees was loose. 22 carries, 177 yards, and one touchdown. If he's looking like that, he has the kind of game that can overcome any kind of potential offensive line problems or shaky quarterback issues. You can make your quarterback and your defense look a lot better when you go for a buck 77 on 22 carries like Brees Hall did for the Jets in a 31-21 victory over the Broncos yesterday. Yeah, I think Brees Hall is going to be a phenomenal running back in this league. And for him to be able to have the game that he had this weekend, it's going to help this offense. It's also going to help Zach Wilson moving forward and Nathaniel Hackett as a play caller. Let me get to my number one down. And we're going to go to South Beach, a place that a lot of people love. Uh Mario Cristobal, the head coach of the Miami. Miami Hurricanes. Ooh. This team was undefeated going into the matchup against Georgia Tech. 
They have the football on third down with 30-something seconds left to go in the game. Mm -hmm. They decide to hand the football off, and the running back fumbles the football. But my question is, why in the hell are you handing the football off and not taking a knee? I agree. Come on, Coach Kristen Ball. You can't allow things like this to happen because you have dreams and aspirations of winning the ACC, getting to an ACC championship, potentially trying to make sure the U comes back. And nobody understands the U like Kristen Ball understands the U because he played there during those days. Yeah. He won national championships during those days. So and you, you, you've seen the kids on the sidelines. And I'm going to beep out one, I think it was an offensive lineman. He said, what the beep are oh, we yeah. doing? Uh-huh. I saw so that when too. those guys are on the sideline crying, you know it hurts. But he also said he should have interjected and not allowed that to happen. See, I don't, I don't like that. Just say you messed up because exactly. you're the head coach. You hear everything that comes through your headset. So you knew they were handing the football off. Mario Cristobal? You're on my number one down this week. Yeah, real quickly, it's one thing that you had that moment that went against your football team, but the excuse was worse than the crime. Yep. It certainly, certainly was, and they got what they deserved when it was all said and done when it comes to the U taking that L. Number two. Jamar Chase told anybody who will listen as a Bengals wide receiver, I'm always open. And everybody's like, oh, come on, Jamar, just chill. Well, apparently he wasn't lying. 15 catches. 192 yards, three touchdowns. The Bengals looked a lot better winning against the Cardinals 34-20. to It's amazing how when you give a home run hitter at bats that he can knock the ball out of the park, especially when he told you, if I get to the plate, I can do something. Don't take the bat out of my hands. Jamar Chase said, look, I'm not going to say this again. I'm open. Even when I'm covered, I'm open. Throw me the bleeping ball. They threw him the bleeping ball, and he just – <laughs> took Arizona out behind the bleeping woodshed. 15 catches, a buck 92, three touchdowns. Challenge accepted. Challenge won by Jamar Chase of Cincinnati. I think the best part about Jamar Chase is that after the game, he tweeted a picture of a 7-Eleven store. 7-Eleven means I'm always, always open. open. Them 7-Eleven <laughs> stay open 24 hours. Trust me, I know when I used to be down there in Florida, I used to go in there all kind of hours to get me one of those slushies. Look at you. So let me go to my number two down. We're going to go to the Dallas Cowboys, right? Wow. Because they just laid an egg. They thought they were the upper echelon in the National Football League. Do we have sorry, to? not sorry. But Cowboys fans, your team is not in the upper echelon because of that performance. You talk about four turnovers that led to 14 points for, for the San Francisco 49ers. Dallas got punched in the mouth. That defense allowed 170 yards rushing. Brock Purdy, I mean Brock Purdy, looked amazing. Brock Purdy looked like damn Joe Montana against the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. And the Dallas offense never made it until to the red zone. Lord have mercy. That's why they my number two down on this Monday, Freddie. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep them there. Yeah. Number two down. Put it this way. Micah Parsons, Cowboys linebacker, agrees with you. You got to learn how to take a punch. We got punched in the face tonight, and that's just the reality of it. I'm not shying from we got We got beat up in all phases. I mean, and that's just the reality of it. So the psych, it, it can't really drop because I think I understand, like, like I said, no champion hasn't been battle-tested. Sometimes you get knocked down. Sometimes you lose a couple rounds. Sometimes you lose the fight. But it's about how you return after. How do you face the adversity? How do you get better? How do you not let this control you? Control, you get, that's the thing. I get tomorrow. Pay attention, Dallas Cowboys, because your leader said so. Remember, you've been warned. Number three. This may have been the best quarterback matchup I've seen in the college football game all season long. 
what Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma, and Quinn Ewers of Texas were just dazzling on Saturday in the Red River rivalry that used to be called the Red River Shootout, but that that's what it was, a Red River Shootout. And when they gave Dylan Gabriel the ball back at the end, Texas didn't pressure. They sat back, and Dylan Gabriel, he stood up. He was tremendous for a guy that not only won the game, but it was so personal to him, Harry, and you were there because he didn't get a chance to play in this game last year. Knocked out due to concussion protocol. And Oklahoma got the Boomers sooner beaten out in 49 and nothing by Texas. The largest margin of victory by a Texas team over Oklahoma in the history of that rivalry. To come all the way back from that to what he did this year and throw the game-winning touchdown pass with less than 20 seconds to play, stand up, Dylan Gable of Oklahoma. Stand up. Yeah, he was the better quarterback in that matchup, and he made all the plays necessary for his football team to get the ball back with a minute and 17 left in the fourth quarter and to go right down there. And then you had the miscommunication by the secondary of Texas and Dylan Gabriel being as sharp as he is, took advantage of it. But you said it, Freddie, didn't get a chance to play in this game last year. But to be a part of an instant classic, a game that will be remembered forever in that rivalry. Mm -hmm. It was the first time I was able to go down there, man. People all over the Texas State Fair. uh, One side is Oklahoma colors. The other side is Texas colors. Was phenomenal. Dylan Gabriel, you're that dude. Hold on a second. I'm I'm getting a message from Shannon Penn, our Uh producer, at 888-729-3776. We got a bonus up from an FOS friend of the show known as Dominic in Alabama. Dominic, what is extra one when it comes to three up and three down with this bonus up? Let the good times roll. Let the good times roll. (laughs) (laughs) Did y'all see them Atlanta Dirty Birds this past Sunday? Oh, man. Hey, listen, Desmond Riddle. I owe you an apology, uh-huh. but you're not getting one today, boy. You're not getting one because I see that you that you like to play good when you face scrutiny and ridicule. So every time you throw an interception, I'm going to come right back to Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman, and I'm going to talk about you, boy, but you keep it up. You keep it up. And let's talk about that defense. D. Alfred, use a war daddy. I seen you making plays in the backfield. I seen you making plays in the secondary. Man, hey, listen. My Dirty Birds, all they got to do is stay out of their own way, get consistent quarterback play on the road and at home, and we're going to make some noise this year. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, Dominic. And, and he right, though, man. We, we yeah. got to give Desmond Ritter a lot of love because mm-hmm. he faced a lot of adversity coming off the game in London, but showed up and showed out 329 yards, one touchdown, scored a rushing touchdown as well, but went down – Game-winning field goal, he was able to set them up and orchestrate that from the quarterback position. You talk about a guy who didn't flinch, even though the world was against him yeah. at the moment, but he showed up and showed out. Now, Fred, let me get to my last down. Have at it. My last down, the Buffalo Bills, and it's their injuries. Yeah. We talk about a football team that lost uh, Tredavious White last week within the Achilles. This week it was Matt Milano, also de- defensive tackle Daquan Jones. I played with Daquan, so I know his mindset and the way he plays the game of football but for a defense that was playing so well amen and doing miraculous things and for them from a from a team aspect this is sad man this is a down for me because buffalo slowly but surely they're they're getting depleted on the defensive side with their injuries injuries will just ruin everything when you have so much promise although devin white devin kane excuse me one of our producers who's a giants fan said well at least they have a bye week the buffalo bills this week because they play his giants on sunday night football 
He said it, not me. <laughs> Shannon Penn, I'm surprised you didn't say anything about this as a fellow Giants no, fan, by no the way. No lies detected. I am s- what, I'm going to chime in here. We're giving, we giving Dominic in Alabama a, a, a bonus up. I'm going to give you a up. A bonus? Oh, yeah? I'm giving you a bonus up. A, a bonus. A Involving special, the Giants? A special yeah. Giants up. Okay. You know what? What? Yesterday's loss to the Miami Dolphins was a moral victory uh-huh. for the Giants. You got, we only going? lost by 15. Yep. We didn't lose by 15. We were down by one score for most of the game. Yeah. Harry was saying, oh, they're going to put up 50. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. 70. No, take no, the no, over. no. 70. Take the over. Uh-uh. Not so fast, my friend. We only lost by 15. Wow. Man, y'all. Things are looking up. Yeah, yeah, you know they're not. And it's up and it's up. I don't even know how y'all have the courage to get on this damn microphone. I was, I was thinking about the same thing. Here we are. Yeah. This, this team is an embarrassment. To the state of New York. Hey, hey, break. Hey, I think hey. it's time to go to break. What do you think? Oh, oh, oh now, we're, now we're pulling the break card? That's what we're doing. All of a sudden, now you, got, now, now you got something to say? And as Devin Kane pointed out, the Giants lost to the 49ers by less points than the Cowboys. Boom. <laughs> That's like being either one minute late or 30 minutes late. You're you, still late. Do you hear these high turkeys? <laughs> I think I, they've been waiting to say this the whole time, Harry. Oh, my hey, goodness. Hey, at least we didn't lose as much to the 49ers like the Cowboys did. You know what moral victories are? Dale, Ult- ultimate losses. Dale, that's how I know I give you 50 on the basketball court now. <laughs> oh, we still got to line that up. I yes, I give you 50. yes, I have exercised the demon. That's going to be the biggest victory for the Giants this year. They can exercise any demon and find another way to win a game when it's all said and done. But the other team in that same city are the New York Jets. Unlike the Giants this weekend, they actually got a victory. Exactly. But how much of that was influenced by another team about 2,500 miles away? We'll get to that on Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. And this is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Russell Wilson being chased. He'll be sacked. The ball pops out. Loose on the far side. And scooped up. Bryce Hall runs down the right sideline. At the 10. 5. Touchdown. Racked up over 400 yards on him. Put up 31 points. On that friend. 
It is Reggae Monday. I'm Freddie and Harry. I'm Freddie Coleman. He's Harry Douglas, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, and tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Even Herm Edwards, who's going to stop by in half an hour, he's already in here grooving. We might, we might do an extra happy hour with Herm. I don't think anybody's going to be opposed to that, right? You know, look, Harry don't know about that. You know, dip, 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 that music right there? Uh-huh. That's that Cal Berkeley when I was going to school there. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them dudes live. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Campus live. <laughs> them dudes, man, that, that rock game, man, I was out there like, I was going, what is this going on up here at the Cal Berkeley, man? Come on. Harry don't know nothing about that. Both y'all don't know. This is my childhood, man, up at the Cal Berkeley's. Come on, boys. You guys have no idea. Come on. I got tears in my eyes now. Yeah, we're, we're extending the happy hour now when it comes yeah, to Herb Edwards. man. He's going to be on Freddie and Harry right now, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance of motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. We started the Nathaniel Hackett Bowl. Just cool. go up there. They put up a 31-burger or 400 yards of total offense. And I said, Herm, that this offense, this scheme for Zach Wilson, reminded me about something I saw 2,500 miles to the west. Call the San Francisco 49ers. In your opinion, why did it take Nathaniel Hackett and Jets that long to have Zach Wilson be that comfortable? Well, when you think about it, he had, he, he had an offense that obviously the quarterback understood, and, and Aaron Rodgers, he understood all the checks from the line of scrimmage. You know, as Zach has been uh, sitting in meetings with Aaron, uh, didn't have to play because Aaron Rodgers is going to be the guy. And in practice in the preseason, he played some. They're not running their whole offense. Right. Um, but I think he, he, he came to the reality is that, you know what, i got to make it easy for this guy. And uh, don't give him a lot of things to think about. Uh, put him in position where he can get the ball out of his hand quickly. Mm-hmm. And I got to give him a run game. We're gonna we're gonna build this offense around the runner, and that's what they did. We know we got a good defense, and if I can just make him understand, hey, look, just make the throws you got to make. I'm, I'm gonna give you some easy some easy layups here. Okay. You get the ball out of your hand, right? It'll be built on a run game. And look, if they can play like that. They'll be competitive in a lot of football games. Coach, I want you to touch on this from a young player's perspective because you've been in those rooms where you're a head coach and you have to, you know, get used to a lot of guys, different personalities. But when it comes to young players, and I've seen this a lot when I was playing, when it's too much information, mm. sometimes their, head, their heads are spinning and going all over the place. Okay. How do you decide or understand or know when you have to simplify things for, let's say, a Zach Wilson at the quarterback position? Well, I think when you're the head coach, and, and that's what's great about being the head coach, you can be in all the meetings. Um, you can survey the information, how guys are, are you know, understanding it. But then it comes to the point, uh, there's one thing about practice and the next thing about the game, and you know this. It's, it's a whole different environment. And as you watch it unfold, you go, okay, I, I get it that this is what we want to do, but we're not there yet. And that's when you go in with the coordinator and you tell the coordinator, hey, look. And, and there's a nice way to do it. I've always told them, look, it's your deal. I'm backing you. But then when you tell them, and, and this is one word I used to always tell them, I said, what I'm about to say is not a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> and it was real simple. And it wasn't, it wasn't condescending. It wasn't I'm ordering you. But I just kind of told them, I said, this is not a suggestion, but this is what we need to try to get to. Okay. And it's not a suggestion, by the way. Right. And then I'd walk out. <laughs> How was that received? It received very well because they understood what I was talking about. And they went and got it. Okay, so what I'm just telling them, it says, look, I don't care about how much you know. It's uh, how much he know. Okay. Because he's playing. 
right? And and that's what you got to understand. And some coaches get so hung up in, no, 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 no. Let, Let the quarterback be successful. How can he be successful? Because he really sets the temperature for the team. Okay. When he's playing bad, hey, man, defense go out there two or three series in a row, three and outs, three and outs. Them defensive players start walking up to you as a head coach in that sideline and say, go, go, what are we doing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these are all the questions wow. you got to answer as a head coach. There's a lot on your plate, man. It's more than just sitting there going, hey, man, I'm the head coach. No, 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 no. You got to deal with the players. You better know the pulse of your football team. If you don't know these guys, I'm talking about the guys that play football, you better know who they are. And you got to feel the temperature every day, man. That's how it works. Wow. And, and, I, and I think more so nowadays oh, than back in the, the, the you know, Lord, the days yes, when yes. I was a playing or even when you were playing coach mm, or when you were coaching mm. because you had the different personalities and just the, the, where the times are right now in 2023. You have to understand these guys as individuals. Mm-hmm. You make a great point. And in today's athlete, when I was playing and Harry, you was playing as well, coach would tell you what to do, how to do it, why to do it. Now? You better tell them why first. It's a negotiation. You better tell them why first. Because if you don't tell them why first, it's like they're out. They're like, coach, you better tell me why I'm doing this. They won't know that before you even start. Why are we doing this, coach? And then I always tell them, what I'm about to tell you in pro football, going to keep you in the league and make you money. I'm good, coach. I'm good, coach. Yeah. Mm, wow. Different. Herm Edwards, former NFL player and also NFL head coach, joining us a little earlier in the studio because, mm-hmm. hey, some of some of Herm is good, but more of Herm is good for the oh. show. It's good for the soul. And damn it, it's good for the country. And Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. When it comes to coaching players, having that lack of communication, because I'm seeing that in Denver. And Russell mm-hmm. Wilson, at the end of the game, yes, he has the phone. By the way, Quincy Williams, you keep it up, you're going to be in the Pro Bowl. You're going to be first team all pro. He's playing an elite level linebacker. Yeah. He made yeah. some kind of play to chase down Russell Wilson, forced the fumble. Great play. Bryce Hall gets it, runs it back, game over, done. 31 21, the Jets win it. But then after that play's over, Russell was going to the sideline, and you could read the lips of Sean Payne. He said, the effing fullback was the hot. And Russell Wilson normally would take off his helmet, go sit down. He took off his helmet and engaged in a conversation with Sean Payton. When you saw that on the sidelines as a coach and as a player, that dynamic that's not working, what went through your mind, Herb? I like Russell Wilson's reaction, to be quite honest. Because up up until last week, Russell Wilson was playing pretty good. Last time I checked, I mean, he, 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 he didn't wasn't the fault for these guys losing games. Mm-hmm. Going into this game, he had thrown nine touchdown passes. That was quietly, no one said that. No one's been saying that. It was like, right. Russell Wilson, no, 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 whoa, you watch him play. But when you got a defense that gives up 30 before the warm-up start, <laughs> I mean, it's like, hey, man, you, we got a problem. And they can't block anybody. He got a problem. And so he's been hearing this the whole offseason about how this is not uh, – Peyton's guy, and mm-hmm. you know they're going to get rid of. Run. He's been hearing all this now. Right. He brought it on himself due to the fact before uh, Coach Peyton got there. What he, you know, I got a parking space. Like, I mean, okay, he did that to himself. Got it. But then he kind of went, okay, I better straighten up, or this coach is going to get me out of here. And he kind of towed the line, and all of a sudden, you know, he's playing halfway decent, and they're getting blown out, and it's like it ain't his fault. Right now, he, he he takes the loss of everybody else, and I think he's gotten to the point now. It's like, you know what, man, I'm done, man. Uh, th- this guy ain't embarrassing me on the sideline. I'm a mm. grown man. 
right? I, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I've been a pretty good player too. Yeah, he hasn't stunk, right? I mean, <laughs> yep. you know, this guy was a Pro Bowl player until obviously. I mean, you know, we watched him last year and we went, "What happened to this guy?" Right? And you know, he kind of was in Seattle. Now maybe you see the reason that there's some rumors. Well, you know, it was hard to handle, so that's why Pete got him out of there and went with you know with, with Gino. Okay, I get all that, but I, I think it comes a point to like, and I've always said this, and I understood this, and I learned this. I learned this from a player. When I was an assistant coach in Tampa, and um, assistant head coach, and I was coaching secondary, player made a bad play or so, right? And so I said, I want to help him, you know, so I got to get him out of the game. So I took him out of the game after the play. Once the play happened, I took him out. And it was a veteran guy. And he walks up and he comes to the sideline and he says, uh, he said, Coach Herm, he said, can you do me a favor? And I looked at him, I said, what's that? He said, can you kind of wait till the series ended before you took me out? He said, because it's kind of embarrassing. And, it, and I realized, I went, you know what? You're right. I said, man, I apologize. Because everybody, you, you know, the guy got beat and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you take him out. And it's like people are going, yeah, so he got beat and coach take him out. And he made a point where I went, you know, he's right. Wow. He's right. I'm going to tell you something about an NFL player. The worst thing you can do to an NFL player, and Freddie knows this, don't embarrass me, man. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't do not, whatever you do, don't embarrass me. You can talk to me, you can do whatever you got to do, but don't put me out there, man. Don't do that. Right. And, and I learned that being an assistant head coach in Tampa Bay at my first job. I went, he's right. That dude was right, man. Wow. Because that's how all players feel. You can bench a guy. You can do whatever you want. But don't embarrass me, man. Don't do that. No, I, I, I agree, coach. I'm going to tell you about <laughs> an in, uh, instance uh, that I had okay. uh, when I was a player. And you know when you're young, mm-hmm. you can't really, especially when I came in the league, you can't really go back. At the coach, you know, that's what I'm exactly you're right. You, you're not, you haven't got your money yet nope. or whatnot. That's right. So it got to, I think it was like year four, year five. And, you know, the coach was saying something to me, basically embarrassing me in the meeting room, and it wasn't even my doggone fault. I got you. Oh, no. So I had to right then and there say, you know what? And I had got my money now at this point. And I had to let them know right then and there, listen, if you say what you need to say, but talk to who you need to talk to. Exactly. Like don't don't be scared of that human being as the head coach. If if you need to talk to him, then talk to him. That's don't exactly send a message right. to me. That's exactly right. Wow. And wow. I, I, our receiver coach went and talked to the head coach about that, and he was like, "What has gotten into Harry?" He was like, "Nothing has gotten into Harry. He says he's able to tell you what he's feeling now, right? Because he does have his money. He has got paid. So you can't <laughs> cut him and release him now. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I got a voice. I got my voice now. <laughs> but it, but it was that it was that embarrassment of being right. blamed about something that wasn't even my fault because a coach was scared to say something to another player, and, right. and I, I just wasn't with it. Wow, wow. fantastic! So by the Herm Evans going to stick around. We know we do happy hour Herm at five o'clock. We decide we ain't waiting, so we got Herm stopped over. He got into a little. Here comes the hot stuff of Andy Camozzi, oh, so he's man, ready to yeah. go. So we may do more musical stylings on reggae money with Herm Edwards, but also going to get into a guy that he's worked with very closely, and why it seems that no matter what happens. This guy always has his team rise to the top. Herm Everson studio with us on Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.
On this Reggae Monday, I'm Freddie and Harry. You have Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius X and Channel 80, as well as you're telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Like we mentioned, normally have Herm Edwards at the top of 5 o'clock each and every week. He stopped by the studio early and we said, well, he here. Why not? It's been a great conversation with him talking about what happened with the Jets and Broncos and making coaching decisions. And I want to read this text, real, this tweet real quick from Joseph the Demon Albanese with us on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, and at H. Dogs 83. He said, the Steelers make no sense. How a team has a negative point differential, but it's actually in first place in their division, defines all realm of belief. You work with Mike Tomlin. Mm. How does he keep doing this year after year where you look at him and say, I'd be damned the Steelers in the mix of things again in the AFC North? Well, he challenged his team this week, and I heard it. I heard about it. He challenges them in this sense. We under, need to understand what defines a Pittsburgh Steeler football player. It's toughness. And when you watch these guys take the field against the Ravens, I could tell within the first five minutes of the game, I said, ooh, this is going to be one of them games. Okay, It's not going to be soothing to the eye. <laughs> you, you don't, you don't want to watch it because it's like they ain't scoring no points in this one. At one time it was five to seven or some baseball score, and I'm like, this is the perfect Pittsburgh Steeler game. Right. They're playing in Pittsburgh, and it's at night. They're playing the Ravens. Lamar Jackson now is one and four against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's going blocked a punt. It's it's just one of them ugly games, and you go, these are the games the Pittsburgh Steelers win. Mm-hmm. They didn't care about uh, style points. It was like, we're going to make a statement, man, that we're the toughest team on the grass tonight. And when you play the Ravens, you better be tough because that's their calling card as well. Right. And it was one of those games I was laughing. I said, that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They'll find a way to win this game. As ugly as it is, they're going to find a way to mess around and score some points and they'll win. And that's what they did. And now they find themselves, and you just mentioned it, three weeks ago you were going, What's, I, was, I was going. Mm-hmm. Everyone I watched Steelers, I was going, yep. that ain't the Steelers, man. Look, I can remember walking into that stadium as a rookie. I was terrified. I was going, this is the Steelers, man. I'm playing against Franco Harris. <laughs> Lynn Swan. <laughs> you know, and, then, and, then, and Terry Bradshaw, and I'm going, oh boy. When I watched the linemen coming out in the pregame warm-up, I thought we were standing in a hole. I said, those guys are bigger than us. Are we in a hole or something over here? And none of them had, none of, none of them had sleeves on. They all had just muscles. And I was going, we got to play these guys. I said, these are the guys I see on TV. And you knew you go, ooh, this is going to hurt. This right. game's going to hurt. It was beautiful when I watched it yesterday. I said, this is Mr. Steelers, man. They're back. That's tremendous. They found their legs. They found their identity again. And that's what Mike was telling this football team. He said, hey, guys, I, I don't... They're not out toughening us. We may go down, mm-hmm. but we ain't going to lose the fight. And boy, I tell you what, them boys played yesterday now. Coach, I, I think like when you look at their defense and yes. two guys who I think are playing at a high level, I think they're the best duo when it comes mm-hmm. to rushing the passer mm-hmm. is Alec Highsmith. I just was on the airplane with his parents and his yeah. mom and dad and was able yeah. to talk to them. And it's self-explanatory to me why he's been able to have the success that that he has because of the way they raised him. But also you look at a guy like T.J. Watt. Yep. And we all know his family background and his genes and of, of his brother playing with them and, and, yep. and then J.J. Watt and what he's been able able to do and dominate the National Football League. But those two guys, when the biggest moments arise, 
they show up and show out. Between the two of them, they had three sacks yesterday. And yep. then you look at the safety position with Mika Fitzpatrick yep. and that young man have uh, having oh. played. So you got three dynamic. And we're not. We haven't even got to Cam Hayward. No, it, 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 we ain't even. No. We ain't even talked to, talking about him because no. I think he's still coming back from yep. an injury, injury right yeah. now. Yep. So when he comes back, I think. It's more of an opportunity if the offense can just stay afloat. Get George Pickens that football yep. because he is the chess piece, right? He's the guy that can be a difference maker, even if you got to force it to him. Allow him that opportunity to be dynamic. No doubt. And, 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 and still set it up with the run game because that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers are all about, guys. They're, they're a physical football team on both sides of the football. And when you walk into that stadium, you understand that as, as, a, as an opponent. You go, this is one of those games, man. You know? yeah, it hurts in the warm-ups. Yeah. When you're warming up, it already hurts. You're going, oh boy. It's one of them games, I've man. never heard that term before. No, it, it hurts, hurts in the warm-ups. Warm it's in the warm-ups. It's going to hurt. Oh, that's fantastic. By the way, Herm Edwards is going to stick around because we definitely want to get into his football space's airspace when it comes to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, the 49ers and Brock Perry, what they've been able to do, and the guy that he coached against when it comes to Bill Belichick and New England and what's going on with the Patriots. It is going to be the ultimate, ultimate happy hour with Herm. As a matter of fact, you want to win, you got any questions for him, hit us on Twitter at Coleman ESPN, my handle, and at HDouglas83. Herm Edwards is going to stick around as happy hour is next on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and SiriusXM Channel Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.